the VHS, where it took twice as long to rewind the movie as it did to watch the whole film, and you couldn't even see the movie as you were rewinding. Does anyone even know what VHS stands for without looking it up on their phone? They were a substitute teacher's best friend, and your grandparents' worst nightmare. This is Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the ballpark lifestyle, what we took for granted from it, and how it could look differently come opening day 2021. But first, let's backtrack to that introduction. I grew up in a house that didn't have cable. I missed out on so many of the SpongeBob references that my friends and all of Gen Z reminisce about today. I never got to experience Nick at Night, nor did I get to embrace all the classic shows that Disney Channel had to offer. I got my fix off network television and all the glory that eight channels could bring day in and day out. One of the shows in particular I used to watch all the time was AFV, or America's Funniest Home Videos. I didn't realize this as a little kid watching the show, but AFV was way ahead of its time. It was TikTok and YouTube all wrapped into one, except it was hosted by Tom Bergeron, a guy I only know from watching AFV and hosting Dancing with the Stars. And AFV was filmed on set with a live studio audience that could be seen by the viewers at home. Some audience members were lucky enough to sit at a table with what appeared to be glasses of water, while the rest of the audience was stuck sitting on what appeared to be benches. So who was in charge of the set design of this show, and how could you be the lucky few that got to sit at this table and feel more important than everyone else in the room? I guess I'll really never know. The point of the show was anybody in the world could send in their home videos, which were VHS tapes at the time, and if it was funny enough, your clip would make it on air. Now, if your memory is as good as mine is, we all remember a time in our lives when we tried to make it onto AFV. Like, we did something stupid on purpose to try and make it on. At least, I know I did. So here I am this past weekend watching TV, and what comes on? AFV. Now, I already knew that AFV is amazingly somehow still on today. In fact, it's hosted by Alfonso Ribeiro, who played Carlton on another classic show I never got to watch as a kid, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So the show continues playing when, all of a sudden, a virtual Zoom audience appears on screen behind Alfonso. And in this very moment, I was blown away. I couldn't believe that a show which originally depended on viewers to basically survive now features a virtual audience which also allows everyone their own opportunity to sit at a table at home with a glass of water. So you may not be as surprised by this as I am, considering I pretty much grew up around this show, I constantly watched it when I was little, and I don't know, it just it hit me hard as hell, and it just makes me feel old. Like I can't believe that in a world where you can literally swipe through hundreds of videos in a matter of minutes, this show still exists Granted, like, people aren't sending in VHS tapes anymore, but I just, I don't know. Like, even in the world of COVID, like, with 
a Zoom audience, this show is still thriving. I, I don't understand it, but I, I pray that we all will have the lifespan that AFV has. Here's my rant of the day. So one of my friends mentioned to me that it feels so strange when he watches shows and he doesn't see people wearing masks. And I totally felt the same way. Like, it feels odd and it's almost hard to explain. This is especially felt when I'm watching reruns because oftentimes I'm thinking to myself, like I want to yell out to the TV and just say, you have no idea that... In 10 years, there's going to be this crazy virus. It kills hundreds of thousands of people and everything's going to change. I always look at things from the standpoint of like before or after COVID. Now, I can't relate to this because I'm not old enough to remember, but I feel as if when 9-11 happened, a lot of people looked at things where it was that was before 9-11 or that was after 9-11. And this is still felt when I'm watching an older show like Friends, for example, which will like always cut to the Twin Towers, and you think, wow, that's crazy, because people at that time had no idea that 9-11 was going to happen. In the early stages of COVID, it felt so strange to see people in masks everywhere you went. It felt like the world was ending, and it all happened so fast. Nowadays, you see someone without wearing their mask, or worse, having their nose sticking out, chin diaper fully intact, and you think, what the hell is wrong with you? I appreciate you listening to my rant for the day, but now let's talk some baseball. Recently, I realized I was one of the last people to go to a baseball game. I visited one of my friends in Arizona back in March, and we went to spring training. This was the second time I had attended spring training, as I went to Lakeland to see the Tigers back in 2012. We went to the Cubs Spring Training Complex in Mesa, Arizona. It's a beautiful park. It's just a few years old, and it was built to resemble Wrigley Field. The game just so happened to be broadcasted on ESPN. In fact, I even ran into Tim Kirkjian outside of the stadium before first pitch. I started to think back to that day and realized just what I'd been missing this summer because, well... You can't go to baseball games. I remembered what the sights were like, the sounds, seeing people all around you, and embracing the simplicity that is taking in a baseball game. So I decided to put together a list of 10 things at the ballpark that we have either taken for granted or that could very well look different by the time fans are allowed back into the stands. So without further ado, let's dive in. Coming in at number 10, we have lines for the bathroom. I would do anything to wait in line at the bathroom at Comerica Park right now. I mean, who would have thought we would be taking this for granted at any point in time? I've been going to Tigers games since I was a little kid, and I used to hate waiting in line for the bathroom. I never really understood why the lines were so long all the time. Well, obviously, now I know. For just $9 a beer, you can spend half of your time waiting in line for the bathroom. And can we talk about those big-ass alcoholic slushies you may have seen or even tried yourself? It's like $13, I think, for one of those things, and there's maybe a shot, two, if you're lucky. And I know I had one once. I don't think I'll be making that mistake again. 
At nine, we have eating peanuts and sunflower seeds. There's been times where I go to games on back-to-back days, and it's always spotless the next time around when I'm at the ballpark. Like, seriously, there's literally no garbage, not a peanut shell in sight, nothing. It's amazing. Anyway, there's no chance peanuts and sunflower seeds will be allowed at games anymore. Now, maybe this is too hot of a take, but I don't think I'm really in the wrong. I mean, you can't eat either without spitting the shell everywhere, so how can you safely eat peanuts and seeds at the games? Probably by not doing so. It looks like we're going to have to change the lines around and take me out to the ball game. Buy me some, hmm, and Cracker Jacks? Well, that leads me to my next idea. Will take me out to the ball game still be sung during the seventh inning stretch? The last thing you'd want in a world with an airborne virus is thousands of people around you singing, thus blowing their germs everywhere. Will the seventh inning stretch just include standing up, stretching, and not lifting up your mask to get fresh air? Well, the likeliness of this happening is fairly slim, if you ask me. But it's 2020. Nothing really surprises anyone anymore. Coming in at number 7, we have the removal of ketchup and mustard stands. This one is 99% going to happen, and I will be shocked if these things still exist in a COVID world. There's really nothing more satisfying than holding your $5 hot dog under one of those nozzles waiting to be neatly organized with ketchup and mustard. Now, we all know you can't push down too hard, or you may get ketchup and mustard everywhere, but I'm sure you are smart and you have the perfect touch. Now, everyone in the ballpark touching those handles to emit the sweet, sweet condiments? Well, I really don't think so. Get ready to be struggling to open packets of mustard and ketchup. At six, we have fighting with the person next to you over a foul ball. Now, you had to be pretty lucky to have been in this scenario in the first place, but how many times have you seen on TV, or maybe in person at the ballpark, when a foul ball lands and you have several grown people chasing after that ball, huffing and puffing amongst one another? I think it's a safe bet that nowadays you won't see that many people running after a ball. And it's probably going to be that everyone's spread out at the games regardless. Like, you're not going to have full rows of people. So your chances of getting a foul ball are probably going to be better than what they were before COVID. I wanted to see what the odds were of catching a foul ball at a baseball game. And according to SB Nation, they say the odds of catching one foul ball is about 1 in 580. And the odds of catching two in a game is 1 in 336,400. So... It's not like you had great odds to begin with, and the chances of you walking away with a foul ball at the end of the day are pretty slim, so I don't know. I wish you luck. Sliding in at number five is celebrating amongst one another. It's going to be pretty awkward when you want to high-five that stranger next to you and scream alongside them as the Tigers take the lead with a home run or a clutch hit. It's even worse if the person next to you goes to high-five you or dap you up and you want no part of it. Get ready to embrace some awkward. 
Handing things down amongst your row comes in at number four. Now, what do I mean by this? You know when you have that long-distance conversation with the vendor across the aisle from you asking if they have any more summer shandies? So he says yes, and you reluctantly decide to spend $12 on a $3 beer at most only for him to be at a distance so you hand the person next to you a 20 to pass all the way down just to give it to him? I don't think I'm going to eat a hot dog anymore that was handed down and touched by five people on its way back to me. This is actually funny thinking about it, which sounds stupid, but it's like, what would the guy do if I ate the hot dog that he just bought? Has anyone ever seen this happen? I never have, and I've never thought of being the guy who does it, so don't get any ideas. Third on the list, we have vendors. I have a feeling that vendors may not work at stadiums anymore. First off, there's so many apps and different businesses nowadays where fans can order concessions from their phone and either have it brought to their seat or go pick it up from a contact-free stand. This immediately makes the ballpark experience feel so much more different. Think about it. Like, imagine not hearing ice-cold beer or lemonade. Not to mention some of those vendors have been working that job for decades. It's a crushing blow to the vendors themselves as well as the fans. Coming in at number two, we have fans and players interacting with one another. If there was ever a player to steal nachos right from your hands, it would be Prince Fielder. So it's a good thing he's retired because, well, have no fear, your nachos are in good hands, aka your hands. So are players going to get up close with fans now? I mean, even if we have to wear a mask, which I'm assuming we're going to, are they still going to get up close and maybe chat with us while they're in the on-deck circle? I don't know. I mean, I've seen so many videos over the years where guys like Bryce Harper and Joey Votto interact and they like to get a little bit chippy with the fans. It's still going to be possible to talk to players, but it's definitely going to happen from more than a six feet distance. Which leads me to my last topic. Finally, at number one, we have player autographs. Now, this one hits me the hardest. Because even at 23 years old, I still try to get player autographs. It's been a passion of mine ever since I was little, and I've always loved doing it. It's definitely become more challenging over the years ever since Major League Baseball constructed netting down the first and third baseline, but they did this to protect the fans from foul balls, which obviously, it's the right thing to do, but it made interacting with players much more difficult. On the other hand, diehard baseball fans love attending spring training because, well, the games don't really matter, and players are more relaxed when it comes to spending time with fans and handing out baseballs and autographs. So I wonder if Major League Baseball is going to implement some sort of rules when it comes to autographs. I wouldn't be surprised if they do so, and I wouldn't be surprised if this happens across the four major sports. Obviously, football is still happening, and in some states where those teams play, they're allowed to have fans. But I would think that baseball is probably the easiest sport to have player access to get down to the field and and meet some of the players and get autographs, especially during spring training. I think the NBA is probably second on that list. But if fans are allowed at the ballpark this upcoming summer, I definitely think that there's going to be some rules put in place 
when it comes to players getting up close with fans and signing autographs. So what do you guys think? Do you agree with me? Will going to the ballpark look and feel like a completely different experience from here on out? Will fans even be allowed to return to the stands? Feel free to reach out to me and let me know your thoughts. Well guys, that's all for this week's episode. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Eli Weil for creating the theme music for this show and all the conversations that we've had in regards to putting this whole thing together. Stay tuned for next Wednesday at 3 p.m. to catch an all-new episode of Motor City Hardball. I'm Brandon Rothenberg. I'll see you guys later.